The Torah portion for today is Vayigash and it means, and he drew near. This portion begins with Judah petitioning Yosef to free Benjamin. I would like to begin today by talking about not being worldly people. People are often led to live by the trappings of this world. In most cultures, people express their success through the way they dress, the way they act and are led by culture, by the things they have, by the way they communicate, and in many other ways. Why do I call them trappings? There may not be anything wrong with some of the ways these things are expressed in our lives. But that is not always true. We sometimes become trapped by non-biblical and wrong ideas or beliefs. Anytime we do something that the Bible says we are not to do, we are communicating through our lives that we are right, and that our Creator and good God is not right. For example, in Romans 3:31 NKJV it says, Do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. We then have supposed Bible students that say the Old Testament law is done away with. They will make up a whole belief system based on their false teaching and also from scriptures that obviously have a false slant. Scripture can be misunderstood, the translation can be wrong, some scriptures in the Greek manuscripts have been tampered with by heretics, or a false doctrine may have been applied to these scriptures. For example, one of the Ten Commandments says in Exodus 24-5 NKJV, you shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. These false teachers say that it is okay to put crosses in front of the inside of our churches or to put statues in our churches and pray before them and kneel down before them, they are causing people to commit idolatry. Did you know that some religions do not teach this commandment? They do not tamper with the text but deliberately mislead people with a separate set of commandments in their doctrine. The Bible says we are not to bow down to or serve anything that is man-made or that God-made, but people do it anyway. The Bible says in Galatians 5 20-21 NKJV, that those who commit idolatry, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Will you continue to do things your own way instead of God's way? If you continue to observe idolatry, you will not be in the future kingdom of God. This also applies to those who refuse to repent from sin and live a life of sin. We need to understand that the words in the Bible are from God unless they have been tampered with. We need to be aware that the Greek manuscripts have been tampered with by heretics. There is a lot of evidence that the scriptures have been tampered with in the New Testament portion. The Hebrew manuscript of James 1:25 says the Torah of the Examiner. See, the Epistle of James, Yaakov, a translation from the Hebrew. P24. The Greek manuscripts say, Law of Liberty. The Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Yaakov, also known as James and the first leader of Christianity, says in James 1:25 that we will be judged by God's commandments in the Old Testament portion. In Acts 15, those present deferred to the decision of the first leader of Christianity, Yaakov. The scripture in James 1.25 got changed by the heretic scribes of the Roman Empire in order to make Christianity into a Greco-Roman religion. The Roman Empire even made it illegal to keep some of God's commandments. The Roman Empire put Yeshua to death and changed the narrative and said it was the Jews in order to deflect their devious acts to take control of Christianity. Tacitus, the Roman historian, said that the Roman Empire put Yeshua to death. The Roman Empire made the scriptures anti-Jewish in many places. For example, 
the Greek manuscripts of John say that Yeshua came to his own, namely the Jews, but they rejected him. The Hebrew manuscripts of John say that the world rejected Yeshua. Christianity inherited the lies that have been passed down to it, and to this point, most refuse to believe the truth. In order to gain control of Christianity, the Roman Empire killed believers and burned the Hebrew scriptures of the New Testament portion. We now know that all four Gospels were originally written in Hebrew and so were some of the other books of the New Testament. We have at least 84 manuscripts of the New Testament in Hebrew as of this writing. Some manuscripts include all four Gospels in Hebrew and even include other books of the New Testament portion in Hebrew. The Vatican has now released many manuscripts of the New Testament portion in Hebrew. We need to talk about this frequently because some will not make it into the eternal kingdom of our God because of the lies that have been passed down to us. Anytime you see scriptures that seem to say that the law is done away, they may have been tampered with by heretics. Also, this is important to understand, you may have a version of the Bible that changes everything in the New Testament to the belief system of the author. In addition, people rely on supposed Bible scholars to teach them truth, but many pastors and Bible scholars teach a man-made belief system. Anything man-made is like an idol. So, we need to watch out for wording and translations from the Greek manuscripts that was changed by heretics and for Bibles that teach false doctrine. False teachers can contradict any of God's commandments, and make up excuses not to keep them. They may use scriptures out of context in order to prove their point. 2 Peter 3 15-16 NKJV says, Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. What scriptures are they twisting? There was no New Testament portion at the time. So, it was the Old Testament portion that they were twisting and they were also twisting Shaul's messages, Shaul is Paul's real name. Their wrong teaching will bring destruction on themselves and those who listen to them. We are probably talking about, the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. See Revelation 21 8 NKJV. We should understand from this scripture in 1 Peter that they kept the Old Testament portion commandments. Some people were twisting the Old Testament scriptures and Shaul's teachings. Years ago, someone pointed out to me that the Bible says there is no God. Psalms 14 1 NKJV says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt, they have done abominable works, there is none who does good. It is the fool, namely the unbeliever, who says there is no God. None of these unbelievers do what is good. Shaul quotes this in Romans 3 10-18 and people say, See we are all sinners and there is nothing we can do about it. Shaul was appealing for them to have humility, so that they would be open to the Messiah. We all sin, but we can do something about it and keep God's commandments, except the Messiah Yeshua, and the other Helper, the Holy Spirit. Note, God's commandments are intended to help us and so is the Holy Spirit. Not keeping God's commandments and rejecting the Holy Spirit is rejecting God. Those that continue to sin after they believe are rejecting God. By the way, there are more than ten commandments. Only the laws referring to the sacrificial system have been done away with at this time. Hebrews 10:14 NKJV says, For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So, in this era, we still have a few hundred commands to follow and properly apply. 
the Bible says that some sort of sacrificial system will be reinstated in the future kingdom. We should understand that we are in the process of being sanctified. We need to keep God's commandments, learn how to live right, and ask God for forgiveness when we sin. See Hebrews 5:14 and 1 John 1:8-10. There are some 1050 New Testament portion commands which are interpretations of the Old Testament commandments. There are about 2 million laws in the United States, so the few hundred commandments from God are not a burden. Countries will take one law and apply it in many reasonable diverse ways and that will form a new law. The country you live in probably has lots of laws as well. In Yeshua's time, they were making up extra man laws that negated the commandments in the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. Yeshua was against making up laws to negate the Torah, namely, the Old Testament commandments, see Matthew 15 1-9. Isaiah 29:13 NKJV says, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. Those who are not following God's commandments are not close to God. We need to take God's word seriously. God does not lie, His word is truth, and He gave us His commandments, they are not up for private interpretation. Numbers 23:19 NKJV says, God is not a man, that He should lie. Therefore, God's word is always true. Since God is the Creator, He has no reason to manipulate us, but to try to help us. Psalms 26 3 NKJV says, For your loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in your truth. God's words in the Bible and the Old Testament are true and from a loving God. Psalms 33 4 NKJV says, For the word of the Lord is right, and all His work is done in truth. Doing what God says is right and is truth for life. Psalms 56 4 NKJV says, In God, I will praise His word, in God I have put my trust, I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? We should praise God for giving us His words of life. Psalms 96 13 NKJV, For He is coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness, and the peoples with His truth. We will be judged by a God who knows what is right and best and has given us the truths in His Word, the Bible. When Shaul says that we will be judged at the Bema in 2 Corinthians 5:10, he means we will be judged by the Torah. The word seed in 2 Corinthians 5:10 is the Greek word Bema. The Bema is where the Torah is read in Jewish synagogues even to this day. Second Peter 1 20-21 NKJV says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. No Scripture is to be taken out of context or is to be added to by making up what you think it says. It is from God and must be understood how it was originally intended to be understood. All the scriptures were written by Israelites or Jews and the proper cultural references need to be applied. Men were inspired by God when they wrote the scriptures and that includes the Old Testament portion. We do not have any originals so that needs to be taken into account as well. Let's talk a little about what people often do to take the steps in life to feel secure through seeking satisfaction and sometimes peace. What drives our satisfaction? For some, 
it is only the things of this world that drive their interests. They may not even care about having peace in life but are driven to obtain the things of this world. Things like power, attention, achievement, material things, and some other things you might think of. I mostly feel satisfied and at peace when I am keeping God's commandments and at peace with God. Did you know that God can empower us with peace? Psalms 29:11 NKJV says, The Lord will give strength to His people, the Lord will bless His people with peace. Doing what is right in God's eyes can give us peace, but Psalm 29:11 suggests that God will also bless us with strength and peace. 2 Chronicles 16:9 NKJV says that God wants to bless His people, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to Him. What drives our spirituality? Do we make excuses to not keep God's commandments? Do we blend our faith in God with the false teaching of others' ideas, the sinful ideas in our society, or wrong doctrine? We should be driven to honor and love God. Deuteronomy 11:1 NKJV says, Therefore you shall love the Lord your God, and keep His charge, His statutes, His judgments, and His commandments always. The world, the ways of this world, and the things that drive the world cannot take hold of those who are committed to live differently through God's commandments. Yohanan said in 1 John 4:4-6 NKJV, "You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. Claim this and live it out in your life. Are you of God?" Or do you live a blended life, a life of false ideas and false belief systems? Do you want to overcome the lies of this world? Make a commitment today to be strong and live in God's truths. We lose our connection with God through sin and lack of trust in God. This is an often quoted scripture in Isaiah 59:2 NKJV says, But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you. This should make sense to us. If we turn our backs on God, he will also turn his face from us. If you look to God and follow his commandments, then he will look on you. Psalms 31:16 NKJV says, Make your face shine upon your servant, save me for your mercy's sake. If we are not following God's commandments, then we are telling God that we know better and do not care what he says. If we want to be connected to God, then we will trust in him. Psalms 73:28 NKJV says, But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God. We draw near to God by trusting in God and keeping His commandments. Yaakov said in James 4 8 NKJV, Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Living a life of sin or accepting any sin in our lives, and also saying you believe in God, is being double-minded. You are saying you believe in God, but you are not living like you believe. In every area of our lives, we are to be committed to doing what God says and not make up our own belief system or follow a false belief system. Remember, Abraham was righteous because he kept God's commandments. God said in Genesis 26 5 NKJV, Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. By faith alone is false belief system. It is so sad that people have been fooled by this false doctrine. Also, we all need to have a mental picture of what we are to look forward to in the future kingdom. This messianic age we live in is a momentous time of blessing, 
but it doesn't end in the here and now. In the new heavenly kingdom, connections will be interconnected and strong. We sometimes think of the internet as being something that connects us, can inform us, and helps us to do many different things. Think of the new heavenly kingdom as something far beyond that. We will be connected, informed, and have all the help we need. God accomplished that in part in this present messianic age. Of course, this present age is far short of our future age in the future kingdom of God. Yet, Sha'ul uses the word nit in describing our relationships with other believers. It suggests a far deeper kind of relationship than the superficial world can give us. Colossians 2 2-3 NKJV, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We see some of the future by the way our present lives are empowered by God through the Holy Spirit. Because we live in a messianic age, our lives can be so much more than the ordinary. Ephesians 3:20 NKJV says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. In this messianic age, God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. We understand that Shaul is referring to the Holy Spirit which we receive as a gift from God when we believe in the Messiah Yeshua. Isn't that wonderful? God's Word will be evident and at hand in the future kingdom. It will sustain us so that we will not fall. Our aim in this present messianic life is to, walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, Ephesians 4 1 NKJV. We are to, press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God, Philippians 3:14 NKJV. After all, we are people of our God and King. Is it so difficult to imagine that we are to be a dedicated people? God has always asked His people to be dedicated to His commands. Proverbs 3 1-12 NKJV says. But let your heart keep my commands, for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh, and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions, and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction, for whom the Lord loves he corrects, just as a father the son in whom he delights. This section of scripture is from the Old Testament portion. It is especially no different now in an age where God gives us the Holy Spirit as our helper. In the new future kingdom of God, there will be no more curse and we will not fall into sin anymore. The curse comes from sin. Deuteronomy 27:26 NKJV says, Cursed is the one who does not confirm all the words of this law by observing them. When we break the commandments of our loving and good God, we do things our own way instead of what an all-knowing God says is best for us. We curse ourselves through our sin. Revelation 22:3-4 NKJV tells us there will be no more curse for sin in the future kingdom, and there shall be no more curse but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him.
they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. Bible teachers sometimes say the Old Testament portion is cursed and they quote Galatians 3.10. Shaul is quoting Deuteronomy 27.26 in Galatians 3.10. Deuteronomy 27.26 says we are cursed for our sin. Those that do not keep God's commandments are the ones who are cursed. Sin has not been removed yet because we are not in the future kingdom yet. These false Bible teachers are subtracting truths from God's Word just like the devil did in the Garden of Eden with Eve. People who do what is right and just are people of faith, they are not too proud to listen to God the Bible says. Habakkuk 2 4 NKJV says, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Those who keep God's commandments will have life through them. Leviticus 18 4-5 NKJV says, You shall observe my judgments and keep my ordinances, to walk in them, I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them, I am the Lord. Loving God means you care about what He says, and you listen to Him and keep His commandments. Deuteronomy 11 1 NKJV says, You shall love the Lord your God, and keep His charge, His statutes, His judgments, and His commandments always. In the future eternal kingdom, those who love God will see magnificent and beautiful things beyond our imagination. Revelation 21 10-11 NKJV says, And He carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. There are many amazing sights in this present world, but I doubt anything can be of comparison to that. This is utterly amazing. This must have struck so strong into Rabbi Yochanan's mind that he was able to describe all that he saw. Revelation 21 18-21 says, The construction of its wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones, the first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each individual gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. And this is only some of what he saw. This world will pass away for something better. Revelation 21 1-4 NKJV says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. There will no longer any need for pain. There will no longer be a curse for sin. Isaiah 65 17 says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. The new heavens and earth will be eternal. Isaiah 66 22-24 NKJV says, For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, 
says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. And they shall go forth and look upon the corpses of the men who have transgressed against me. For their worm does not die, and their fire is not quenched. They shall be an abhorrence to all flesh. Those who do evil and live in sin will go to the lake of fire, see Revelation 21 8. Those who do what is right and good, see Deuteronomy 6:18, will be in the new heaven and earth. There are a lot of people who teach others not to respect God. We need to work out our lives with deep respect for the Creator Yehovah. Proverbs 1 7 NKJV says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Respecting God is the beginning of our spiritual life. Only then will we begin to listen to God. Proverbs 8 13 NKJV says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance in the evil way. This is not talking about hating other people. This is talking about being committed to doing what is righteous, right. It says in Job 28 28 NKJV, And to man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. The new future kingdom is going to be more complex than anything in the present. God's word will be at hand and there will be no more curse from sin. The new kingdom is going to be absolutely amazing. There is nothing that we can compare to it, we look forward to it with conviction and patience. 1 Corinthians 2 9 NKJV says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard. And no one's heart has imagined all the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. Those who love God keep His commandments. Deuteronomy 11 1. Ecclesiastes 12 13-14 sums it up well, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, fear God and keep His commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment. Including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Torah teaching. Vayigash, means, and he drew near. This portion begins with Judah petitioning Yosef to free Benjamin. Judah tells Yosef the story about why Benjamin was not with them originally and that their father would die if Benjamin did not return. Judah could have resorted to violence or prayer to an Almighty God, but instead Judah then offers himself as a replacement for Benjamin. Then, filled with emotion, Yosef asks those around him to leave and reveals that he is Yosef to his brothers. They are dumbfounded as he talks and Yosef tells them that the famine will last five more years and that through him, God has provided for them. Yosef invites them to come to Egypt, so they won't die in the famine. They embrace each other and Pharaoh's court hears that Yosef's family is there. Pharaoh is pleased, and he provides wagons, new clothes, grain, and presents for Yosef's brothers so that they can go and return. When they arrive back home, they tell their father that Yosef is alive and is the leader of all Egypt. When Yaakov saw all they brought back he believed them, and he wants to go see Yosef. They returned to Egypt and brought everything with them. Yaakov stopped at Beersheba on the way, and God spoke to Yaakov and told him not to be afraid to go to Egypt and that God would eventually return them to the land of Canaan. God told Abraham and Isaac that he would give them the land of Canaan, so Yaakov wanted to make sure it was okay to go to Egypt. If you remember, at one time, God told Isaac not to go to Egypt. Then, 66 of Yaakov's descendants are listed that went into Egypt so that all the men in Egypt then were 70, including Yaakov, Yosef, and his two sons. 
this did not include the women. Yosef and his father meet, and it is a very emotional experience. Yosef tells Pharaoh that his family is keepers of livestock and instructed his family to also say the same because shepherds were considered abhorrent. He tells them to do this so they should be given the land of Goshen. Also, we do not know for sure that Yaakov knows what Yosef's brothers did. Perhaps they never told him because there was no profit in doing so. We should always be honest, but our words should help or profit others. The land of Goshen would separate Yosef's family from the Egyptians. Yosef knew the Egyptians worshipped idols and his family did not. Abraham and Isaac taught their children God's commandments. God says in Genesis 26 5 NKJV, Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Prior to Mount Sinai, they observed an oral law that was passed down from Noah. God had Moshe write down God's commandments at Mount Sinai so that mankind could have them always. The book of Jasher says that both Abraham and Isaac studied under Shem, Noah's son. Shem lived nearby in Salem which later became Jerusalem. Shem was also known at Melchizedek, and he had a school of prophets in Salem. Yosef out of respect for the Pharaoh presents five of his brothers and his father to Pharaoh and Pharaoh gives them his blessing to live in the land of Goshen. Yaakov speaks to Pharaoh and blesses him. It is the duty of those who are spiritual to pronounce blessings on others when so inspired. Yosef takes care of his family and makes sure that they have food. The famine was severe, and the people had to trade their livestock and all their land for food. The people farmed the land and willingly gave Pharaoh 20% of their produce because Yosef had saved their lives. The people of Israel prospered and increased in numbers. Yaakov lived 17 years in Egypt before he died. Just as Judah said he will stand in for Benjamin, Yeshua stood in for us and died for our sins. We see also that Joseph is a messianic figure because he saves his family from the famine and from almost certain death. Yeshua saves us from sin and we have a better life through Him, God's commandments, and the Holy Spirit. And someday, those who keep God's commandments and receive the Holy Spirit will obtain eternal life through Yeshua. We see a theme of God saving His people in the readings today and of hope for a future kingdom. The Haftorah for Vayigash is Ezekiel 37 15-28. Before this portion, Ezekiel had just prophesied life coming to the bones of Israel, this prophecy was about Israel regaining its hope. God promises Israel that they will rise from the dead someday. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves, and bring you into the land of Israel. Ezekiel 37 12 NKJV We clearly see that God has given His people the hope of the resurrection. Our portion then begins with Ezekiel taking two sticks and putting them together, one for Israel and the other for Judah. This represents a future time when Israel will be one nation again and Ezekiel says that they will be one forever with one king and shepherd and they will not sin again. The nations will know that God has set them apart as holy. Israel has become a nation in one day as prophesied in Isaiah 66 7-8, but the future prophecy of the resurrection and the kingdom with God as their king is yet to come someday. God has a future for Israel. Just as the story of Yosef shows us that God will accomplish His will for the children of Israel, this portion affirms that God will someday make Israel a holy nation forever before all the nations. One time, I heard a Jewish rabbi teach that after we die we go on as an unembodied spirit. It seems some of the rabbis have lost an understanding of the truths of the scriptures.
Instead, they study the Talmud which is commentary and not God's word. In this portion, Israel rises from the dead. Rabbi Shaul taught that as well. 1 Corinthians 15 42-43 NKJV says, So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is clear that in this present messianic age, those who believe in God and Yeshua and receive the Holy Spirit, and follow God's commandments will rise from the dead. Those who don't keep God's commandments will go to the lake of fire. Revelation 21 8 NKJV says, But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. In the present we are also commanded to believe on the Messiah Yeshua and receive the Holy Spirit. Rabbi Kepha said in Acts 2:38-39 NKJV, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children, and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. In the messianic times we are now in, God has lavished His favor on us through the Messiah. Just as the descendants of Jacob were almost dead from lack of food, we were dead in sins. And just as Israel was allowed to stay in the land and survive and prosper, we also are delivered through an act of favor of our God through Yeshua the Messiah so that we could keep God's commandments with the help of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. John 14:16-17 NKJV says, He will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit. What is the first helper? It is God's commandments, they are intended to help us in all of life. They are your wisdom and your understanding it says in Deuteronomy 4 6 NKJV. The Holy Spirit is another helper. Yosef's brothers find out that Yosef is now a leader in Egypt. The prophetic gifting of Yosef has saved the whole region and Yosef's family. Ezekiel prophesies that God will raise the dead someday. In the New Testament portion, Rabbi Shaul also says God will raise the dead. God cares about His people and helps us. Those who keep His commandments and accept His Messiah Yeshua and the Holy Spirit will have eternal life with a caring and good God. Commandments and Implied Commandments in this portion We can also understand commandments are being implied from other scriptures in the Bible. Judah, in a sacrificial act, wants to save the life of his brother Benjamin and his father Yaakov. Also, Yosef obtains riches for Pharaoh, but most importantly, he acts to save lives. We are to protect life. We are made in the image of God. Genesis 1 26, 45-5-6, We are to talk to God about big decisions. Genesis 46 1-4. In a previous portion, Abraham is a prophet and prayed for Abimelech. From this account, we understand that the prophets also pray for people's healing. Yaakov was told by God that Yosef, also a prophet of God, would pray for Yaakov's eyes. Genesis 46 4. It is good to give proper respect. Yosef introduces his family to the Pharaoh. Genesis 47 1-2 we see Yaakov acting as a prophet or spiritual leader by blessing Pharaoh. 
it is the duty of a prophet or spiritual leader to pronounce blessings. Also, fathers should be spiritual leaders in their house and pronounce blessings on their family. Genesis 47 7, 12-1-3 We do not know for sure that Yaakov knows what Yosef's brothers did to Yosef. For example, Yosef tells his brothers to be careful with how they identify what they do for a living. He advised them for their protection. Perhaps they never told Yaakov because there was no profit in doing so or maybe they did tell him. We should always be honest, but our words should help or profit others. Genesis 46 31-34, James 3 1-12 Have eternal purpose in our lives. What constitutes how we are living? Are we doing our part in life? Is our life centered around entertainment? What is our view of life? Do we value sports, art, or some other thing more than God? I get the impression from a lot of people that having things and being successful is the most important thing in their life. After success, other things may take second place like family, sports, partying, entertainment, etc. One of my friends years ago spent all his free time rebuilding cars. He made extra money doing it which was definitely an incentive. He said he believed in God, but spent very little time praying and caring about what God cares about. I should hope we are all doing better than he did. He was also married and had two children. His idea of getting along with his wife was working at his job and rebuilding cars. I'm not kidding. One time I just happened to be around and he asked me to help him carry an engine to his garage from the back of a pickup and he just kept on working. That was his view of life. We definitely need to be making an effort to get something spiritual out of our life. I'm not against hobbies or having fun, but we need to put God first, not last. In the case of my friend, God was practically non-existent in his life. It might not be a bad idea to write down what your life looks like. Yeshua, Jesus, said in Matthew 13:44-46 NKJV, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Are you surprised to hear this? A person should value God as if God was a treasure. In the other story, parable, the merchant gave everything he had. I feel that we seldom value our spiritual lives the way Yeshua explained in that story. How much do we value our spiritual lives in God? Our life is to be centered around God, some though center their lives on themselves or on something or activity. How is God part of everything that we do? People often have a mistaken view of what constitutes our spiritual life. Some who say they believe in God are like my friend who make God a ridiculously small part of life. They protect their lives by distancing and protecting their piece of ground so to speak. Where do we stand? If I just asked someone where they stand, perhaps they'd pick an issue like the environment or the economy, or a political party. Will we stand our ground spiritually? Will we be self-seeking or do we make God and the things of God important in our lives? Isaiah 26 3 NKJV says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Making God important in our lives brings perfect peace. That is truly amazing. Having peace in our lives is important. Don't we all want that? Through God we can have great peace. There are hundreds of promises in the Bible. 
God gives us strength, God can help us, God can protect us, and God can heal us. God has even saved my life on at least a couple of occasions. You cannot put a price on that. Let's look at Ephesians 3 16-20 NKJV. That He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. How rich is God? Sha'ul prays for the riches of God's glory for those he is writing to. He prays for them to be strengthened spiritually, he prays for their faith and that they can be both rooted and be grounded in love and to know the love of the Messiah. The fullness of God has to do with the presence of God at the Mishkan, the tent of meeting in the desert. That is the Jewish concept. The Bible talks about the presence of God filling the Mishkan and so Sha'ul wants us to also be filled with the presence of God through the Holy Spirit so that God would always be with us and help us to live right. Because of the Holy Spirit, God is able to do, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. The Holy Spirit is at work in the lives of believers. Wow, that is really wonderful and amazing. Sha'ul says that we should be rooted, we should not be moved from having faith in God and being faithful. I have removed trees from my property, and it is an exceedingly difficult job. We need to be rooted, immovable. We should be grounded so we are completely settled to follow God. Perhaps Sha'ul is thinking about the Jewish word for settle which can also mean reside, Yashav. We are to live in God and through God. We all can wear different hats in life and accomplish various things. We can be focused on life in different ways. God needs to be at the core of all we do. Do we want what God offers us? God offers us blessings that are unimaginable in the present and then eternal life. This life is short and eternity is a long time. We need to take our lives more seriously and take God more seriously. Life the way it used to be lived was much different than it is today. Perhaps to get a perspective on our lives, let's try and think about how life was much different than what it is in our time. What was life like in ancient times? They worked a lot more. Every day was filled with taking care of life and providing for themselves. Also, Shabbat was important because what seemed like a perpetual cycle of work was to be set down in order to honor God as the Creator. There were a lot more unknowns in ancient times. Some mistakenly thought they could exert control. Some looked at their situation with hopelessness. Some created discord, others tried to create peaceful conditions. Some people today think that what they do doesn't matter very much so they live isolated and detached or selfishly. People relied more on each other in ancient times. They each had a part to play in society, everyone was important. Also, in our present day, some say we don't need to rely on others, that is not true. There is a Jewish concept that relates to who we are and what we do. For example, they understand that the work they do represents who they are, therefore their work is important. A person then that does nothing then represents themselves as someone who does nothing. Life in modern times is more individualistic and guarded. It can be more self-seeking or personal benefits oriented, for some, life is driven to derive satisfaction from something in life that pleases them. 
how we provide for ourselves is frequently combined with other goals. God is sometimes an afterthought or compartmentalized into one of our activities. How is God supposed to be part of life? Is it just part of life or is God supposed to be in every part of life? How do we make God the core of all we do in life? By being committed to doing what is right every day. I pray that every morning. Also, I think about how I am doing and if I have done something wrong, I ask God for forgiveness and commit myself to not doing that again. Also, by knowing God's commands and doing them. There are more than 10 commandments. Shaul expands on loving your neighbor from Leviticus 19:18 in his writings to give us ideas on how to do that. Loving your neighbor is not one of the Ten Commandments but is still a commandment in the Old Testament portion. In addition, Shaul also tells us things related to the Torah that we are absolutely not to do. Shaul also uses the Torah to give us positive commands. Also, we are to do what is right in our job, with our family, with our friends, with acquaintances etc., we do what is right in all of life, see Deuteronomy 6 17-18. Sin is not following God's commandments. Our sin separates us from God. Isaiah 59 2 NKJV says, But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you, so that He will not hear. We should have deep respect and awe for our great Jehovah and Creator. Jehovah is the Creator and we need to treat Him as such. Isaiah 66 2 NKJV says, For all those things my hand has made, and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. God forgives those who fear him and want to do what is right. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us, Psalms 103 11-12 NKJV. Don't keep bringing back your sin to mind, God has forgiven you, he doesn't remember them if you were sorry and have repented. If we decide to put Jehovah in His proper place in our lives, we will be part of the new heavens and earth with God for eternity and it will be wonderful and amazing all the time. You better believe it. Who wouldn't want that? Isaiah 66 22-23 NKJV says, For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. I should point out at this time that many Jews have lost the traditional beliefs of the Bible about our future with God in a new and eternal heaven and earth. In the new heaven and earth, believe me, God will make it the best time for us you can imagine. After all, He is the Creator. Will we only be self-centered and distant from God? Will we follow God and keep His commandments? Will we allow God to be in our life the way He should be? We should have eternal purpose to our life. He can give us true purpose and eternal purpose and we are to live that out. He can satisfy us like nothing else can. Through Him we have something worthwhile to stand our ground for, we can give up ourselves for the greater and better good by putting God in His proper place in our lives. Why not seek the things of God and His blessings? Where will we stand?